Hola y bienvenidos a la Daily Hustle. Soy Enrique Barnes y presidente de mejor cerveza. No abate por No Filter Network. Will the Thrill Clark y Miguelito Sandiaguito, a.k.a. Bobby Barrels. Not with us today, but dead or alive, job or no job, here or not here. We not only properly salute our boys, but we properly salute each and every one of you. Yes, 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 yes! Woo! It was so yesful that the yes finger actually came off. Anyhow, a very pleasant good morning to everyone out there. It is the 21st day of December 2023. And let's not forget our title sponsor, Bet Online. The only people that don't get time off this time of year are pro athletes and us at Bet Online. With NFL, bowl season, and NBA in full swing over the holidays, Bet Online isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all the up-to-date second odds, news, and info. Bet Online has all the sports wagering info available you need with both desktop and mobile access. Head there today to get into the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEEB. Capital B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the action starts. Okay. The other title sponsor, as you guys should see above my head, is KT Tape. Here it is. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I did not stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night, but the shit works. It lifts the skin. It promotes blood flow to the area and subsequently reduces inflammation and alleviates pain. Speaking of pain, by the way, so last night, middle of the night, all of a sudden, my fucking hamstring just completely cramps up i'm talking some of the most excruciating pain i've ever dealt with in my life so it subsided and then after that it came back again just a couple seconds later i'm like ah well i slept upstairs by myself last night i wanted to try to get some good sleep i was getting up at 5 a.m. this morning to go play some pickleball. So, anyhow, I then decide that, wait, hold on a second. I am the cramp master. Of course, I have relayed this time and time again to the general public and anybody who will listen who listens to Juices Wild, the Daily Hustle, whatever. The number... One cramp preventer, 1,000% is, drumroll please, yellow mustard. So much so that I got a French's mustard here on the set of the Daily Hustle. So then I decided I was going to go downstairs, 
And I go into the fridge. Well, the yellow mustard container is like almost completely gone. So then I took some of the cold water we had in the fridge. I poured it into the mustard container, shook it up, and then so good. Cramps, gone. Went and played pickle at 6 in the morning. Didn't fucking matter. No cramps, no side effects, no nothing. French's mustard. As a matter of fact, look, I'm not into the making the drink business, right? The sport drink or anything else. I, I, If you are, though, and you need an investor, you need a spokesperson, you want someone to get behind it. I am all behind the mustard water. I'm serious. Hit me up. EB at nofilter.net. Let's make some mustard water. I think it is literally just, it's a cramp saver. It's a lifesaver in a lot of regards. Tons of good shit in there for you. So mustard is the end all be all that I just don't think gets the love it deserves. All right. One more uh, sponsor here. Every morning, I got to walk over and grab my shot of Verge. That's right. This is a little lemon, cannabis, and honey. And then it's all mixed up and gives you this nice little sustained high. Well, for, i say one of these last a couple hours. So good. So soothing on the throat all right today's daily hustle email electronic communication buenos dias today is thursday december 21st 2023 it just so happens to be national look at the bright side day daily hustle quote of the day faith consists in believing when it is beyond the power of reason to believe voltaire daily hustle translation shit happens we all deal with adversity on a daily basis and oftentimes we face scenarios that look incredibly bleak well, no matter how bad we think we have it, and even when we can't see a way out, it's imperative we keep faith and continue to believe in brighter days ahead. Why? My life sucks. Hold on, I got to get my Stevie super soft voice. Why? My life sucks. People suck. I can't catch a break in one miserable thing after another just keeps happening. Good morning, Mr. Supersoft. Your pathetic thoughts are creating your pathetic words, which are creating your pathetic actions and habits, which at this point has clearly created the pathetic character you are today. Good news, though, Stevie. With a simple shift in thoughts and strong faith that no matter what you're dealing with, this too shall pass. Even you can choose to participate in Look on the bright side day. We talk all the time in the Daily Hustle about how we can't control the things that happen to us, but we can't control how we respond. It's also no secret that things turn out best for those who make the best of the way things turn out. That said, each day, each minute, every second, we have a choice to let outside influences and happenings spiral us into a negative cycle of cynicism and doubt. Or... We have the option to make it a look on the bright side day by being grateful and showing gratitude for all the things that we 
do have in our life as opposed to the things we don't. When we display genuine gratitude, a relentless positive attitude and belief in ourselves and our future typically follows. Yet, all of this is predicated on one thing and one thing only. Faith. Faith in God, faith in ourselves, faith in our people, faith in work, faith in process, and an unwavering faith in the eventual and inevitable positive days and outcomes that lie ahead. Just as the great George Michael so brilliantly reminded us with his 1987 number one hit banger, you gotta have faith. All right, uh, the other thing that I have not mentioned yet, the Daily Hustle Mugs are here. Go to ericburns.com, E-R-I-C-B-Y-R-N-E-S.com to get your Daily Hustle Mugs. These things are badass. Obviously, I come on here each and every single morning and we do these shows. I feel like we've built up a pretty cool community online with the blog and also here with the pod. But if you could help support that community, that basically just helps us keep this business rolling. It's not like we're making a killing or much money at all with any of this. But I will say that the product sells help and they help whether whoever it is involved with making all this happen, it really does keep this whole operation going. So uh, if you could support there, it'd be great. Uh, you can also pick up yourselves at daily hustle 222 unfiltered life guidance from a human crash test dummy, along with the effortless life lessons from a human crash test dummy. It, they're both, Legit. I'm not fucking with you guys. I read a lot. I write a lot. It's they're both good. They both will add value to your lives, to your kids' lives, to your friends' lives, to your coworkers' lives. We also have the brand new, soon to be released, let them play parenting and coaching guide to youth sports coming soon. This is going to be a bestseller. We had pre-order, I think about 700 books. And those will go fast. And then after that, it's just going to be print on demand. So once, just be on the lookout for once that comes out, we're bringing a lot of them to Texas for this baseball convention. But if we have any leftover from there, and then I think right about the beginning of February is when the PODs print on demands will be available. Okay. The... Top five news stories here. Here was one that really interesting about Otani. So Otani signed that contract, right? $700 million. And he deferred $680 million of the $700 until his contract is actually done. Over. Well, this is a bit ironic. But... The Silicon Valley, of all places, is taking notice. Here's the article. It says, Shohei Otani copycats might start popping up soon, and not only in baseball, where young players might try to pursue lucrative careers as both a hitter and a pitcher. Instead, the deal is resonating in the Silicon Valley, 
where the unique structure of Otani's heavily deferred $700 million contract with the Dodgers has opened the eyes of other high earners. Pinnacle Peak Advisors, a tax advisory firm catering to the wealthy in San Jose, California, keeps fielding questions from parties outside the sports world curious about the workings of Otani's deal. Quote, what this may lead to is the increased frequency of these types of deals, said Garrett Perez, an accountant and partner at Pinnacle. It's so publicized now. The numbers are so big. Clients, other investment people, just want to know. Otani this month agreed to play for the Dodgers for a decade at $70 million per season. But from 2024 to 2033, he'll draw just $2 million per season. Otani is deferring $680 million more than 97% of his earnings until after his 10-year deal with the Dodgers expires when that money comes back to him in equal annual payments. When Otani receives the bulk of his money, he'll no longer be under contract with the Dodgers. Experts say that the structure of the contract appears likely to save Otani between 90 and $100 million in state taxes. Uh, what? He's not going to be living in California anymore? So long as he lives outside of California when the deferred money is paid out. Another key component in potential tax savings is how he has timed the deferral payment spanning a decade. A 1996 federal law forbids states from taxing retirement income out-of-state residents when payments are made in substantially equal, substantially equal periodic amounts over at least 10 years. If you meet a certain criteria, which I believe his contract will meet, then those $68 million annualized payments that occur after the first 10 years, they kind of fall into this quirky little ex exception where if he's not residing in California at the time, they won't be subject to California tax, said Jeff Daly, a Los Angeles-based accounting and managing director at Goldman Sachs Family Office. And the California tax today is north of 13%, heading to be north of 14% on January 1st. So if you do 14% on $680 million, you can kind of see that it's a pretty interesting structure. California's highest marginal tax income rate will be 14.4% next year for those earning more than $1 million. All right, so think about this just in terms if you're a Silicon Valley startup. And that's why you see a lot of these guys who are part of startups, right? Don't take a salary. Now... I am a tech founder, co-founder, and I don't take a salary. But it's also because we don't have the fucking money for me to take a salary. But if I could take a salary, I wouldn't take a salary. And the reason being, number one, I just want all that money going back into the business. But number two here, let's just say I did sign a deal with No Filter Network for... I don't know, a million bucks a year. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take a million dollars a year, but I'm going to defer the payments equaled out in 10 years from now, right? And I'm going to take $999,000 of those payments over the next 10 years after these 10 years are up here. 
In the meantime, I'm going to make a dollar a year. Well, so long as I'm not living in the state of California in 10 years from now, then I can go collect elsewhere. And then it allows two things. Number one, it allows that money to go back into the business so they don't have to spend it on me now in the short term when we're trying to build this thing up. Number two, I get my money tax fucking free. That's just brilliant. And why wouldn't other firms and organizations and people look into doing this? Smart, super smart. Okay, moving on. The MLB rumors for today. Yashinobu Yamamoto bidding begins as the Phillies make the official offer. Mariners and Guardians are discussing a trade. The offseason remains relatively slow for Major League Baseball, and we're entering a holiday break zone where generally not a lot of stuff happens around Christmas and the New Year. I, that's bullshit. I told you guys a story about me signing at Christmas, uh, 2005, that is. There is still plenty of unfinished business, however, so maybe this year will be different and the stove will actually get hot. Again, in the meantime, let's dive into the latest rumors, starting with the guy who could help jar things loose by signing. The Phillies made Yamamoto an offer. The Phillies have made a former offer to starting pitcher Yoshinobu Yamamoto per multiple reports. Indicates the Phillies feel like they made a strong offer, though. They aren't expected to be high-end, the high-end bidder and aren't the favorites to sign them. One of the few big free agent deals We've seen accepted so far this offseason came from the Phillies as they re-signed starting pitcher Aaron Nola to a seven-year, $172 million deal. In looking at the current rotation, Yamamoto would make the Phillies utterly stacked. They already have Nola, Zach Wheeler, Ranger Suarez, Taiwan Walker, and Christopher Sanchez. If they sign Yamamoto, Suarez put together a full season of which he looks capable and Nola returned to form if he returns to form after a down 2023, they'd have four front line starters. Hell, Walker has been an all-star before as well. The Phillies have stiff competition, though. The Dodgers, Yankees, and Mets are involved in the bidding, while teams like the Giants, Red Sox, and Blue Jays have all been mentioned. The Mariners' Guardians have discussed Naylor trade. Now, which Naylor? There's two Naylors. On the Indians. Seattle Mariners have discussed a trade of the Cleveland Guardians that would send first baseman Josh Naylor to Seattle. Reports MLB Network. It appears the Mariners are looking to beef up their offense via trade instead of primarily free agency. Naylor 26 is under team control for two more years before free agency. In 121 games last season, he had 308. With a 133 OPS plus. He's fucking good. He's really good. If you haven't noticed. Josh Naylor. And then his brother's the catcher. He had 31 doubles, 17 homers, 97 runs driven in. And 10 steals with a 2.5 war. If Naylor is traded, it would be difficult to view it as much more than a salary dump. And Naylor isn't even expected to break the bank here in the second year arbitration. It would be a likely precursor to trade to a trade of Shane Bieber and possibly Emmanuel Classe. I mean, that's as if the Indians are dumping. I just think there's too much parity in baseball. I really do. You don't know. You just fucking don't know. 
if you get hot at the right time and you have some young guys that are unproven war players and you don't know what you're going to get from them, I'm serious. I want to see what I have each and every single season, whether I'm in the NFL, NBA, baseball, it doesn't matter. I want to see what I have first before I go in the dump. So you could trade him. I'm just not trading him yet. He's too valuable of a piece at that point. All right, the third article here. Uh, it's all about the clown show in Philadelphia. That's right. A former NFL exec describes the Eagles culture as a clown show amid the three-game losing streak. So immediately, just as a sports fan, former player, it's like, what the fuck, man? Like, why were there possibly be panic? I was a team that was 10-1. and one. They did lose three in a row, but if you watch the Seattle game, they should have beaten the Sea Chickens. No question about it. And then you lost to Dallas in Dallas, who has been unbeatable there. And you lost to the best team in football, the Niners. We all knew that was going to happen. So it says, appears that Philadelphia Eagles culture may not be one to be admired. After all, former NFL executive described the Eagles culture as a clown show while speaking with Marcus Hayes of the Philadelphia Inquirer amid the franchise's three-game losing streak. The Eagles have lost San Francisco, Dallas, and Seattle. While the Birds have already locked up a playoff spot, they've managed to blow their lead in the NFC in the process and now own the five seed, while the Niners and Cowboys have number one and two, respectively. Star quarterback Jalen Hurts has fallen out of the MVP race. He had completed 67% of his passes. That number has dropped to 59%. Uh, He's not running nearly as much. Hurts has also placed some of the blame on his teammates, indicating that he doesn't think the team is committed enough. And Hayes noted that veterans like A.J. Brown and Darius Slay haven't set a good example over the last few weeks. Both have taken social media to respond to criticism and the team's losing streak. And Brown has voiced his frustration about his usage throughout the season. I mean, every, 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 Wide receiver in the history of the NFL thinks that they don't get the ball thrown to him enough. So here's some of Brown's comments. Let's see here. Uh, Y'all fans swear y'all know everything. It's a shot play to me. I'm the first read. He just missed the throw. Of course, we could have threw it six because it didn't work. But when the shit works, everyone's happy. Quit all that buddy bullshit. I am decoys on many plays. Um, and all that, he forcing me the ball, she too. I'm in this head, bullshit. <laughs> this is too good. When I make plays, everyone happy. But when it's incomplete, It's I'm making him throw me the ball. I get blame for more shit than anything. Tired of y'all playing with my character. This is the issue with social media. There needs to be a rule. I'm serious. During the season, if I'm a fucking coach, head coach of an NFL, MLB, whatever team, uh uh-uh, you do not respond to criticism via social media. You fucking don't do it. 
No chance. It's not going to benefit you, and it's not going to benefit the team. You want to use social media? Fine. You want to put up certain posts about certain things? Cool. You will not respond to criticism. It just fuels the fire, and it opens up to articles like this and everything else. It doesn't make any sense. Look, the Eagles are a really good football team. I can't believe I'm on here defending them. I mean, that's why I put Cunningham's jersey out here. They're a really good football team. This is a team that legitimately could go back to the Super Bowl. Do I think it's going to happen? No. I think they're going to have to go through Dallas and they're going to have to go through San Francisco. Doesn't look good if that ends up being the case. But do they have enough talent to do it? Yes, they do. They are really, really fucking good. With all this shit, though, it's not happening. If they continue to get into these war of words and look, the Niners lost three straight games and you didn't hear shit. You didn't. It was just, hey, we're going to do everything we can to get, get back on track. All the pro answer. I mean, you knew that Purdy had obviously dealt with some sort of lingering issues from the concussion. He wasn't quite on point, but it wasn't this big shitstorm. The Eagles lose three in a row, and it's fucking Armageddon, man. <laughs> a lot of that. I love you guys. I love the passion. I love the energy. I love the effort from all the Philly fans. But you guys are a fucking gigantic part of this. News, not news, I should say. Advice for the Eagles players. Stay off social media. It's that simple. Okay, last thing here, and I got to go. Got it. Pickleball session number two. Detroit Lions season ticket holders irate over the price hike. Uh, one fan says, it's like finding out your spouse cheated. Really? Is that bad? Okay. Jeff Paxson thought the email was a mistake when the longtime Detroit Lions season ticket holder got his renewal invoice for 2024 season on a Monday. Paxson was paralyzed by sticker shock. Paxton has four seats in section 103, the first row behind the Lions bench near the tunnel. They have been in the family since the 1950s. He and his wife, Vera, and their 15-year-old son, Joshua, go to about half of the Lions' home games every year. He sells a handful of tickets a season for profit and gives some to family and friends at face value. This season, he paid $5,536 for the seats. Next year, the same seats will cost, ready for this, $13,616, according to invoices Paxton shared with the Detroit Free Press. That's a 146% increase. What the fuck? Paxton checked his invoice over and over to make sure he was reading it right. And can you blame him? A hundred and forty-six percent increase. He reached out to his season ticket rep, and twenty-four hours later, he still had not her back. "Quote: I got a feeling his batteries burned up on his phone." Paxson said. The Lions hiked ticket prices this week. The team said an average of thirty percent, and what was their most substantial increase in years? Since 2018, the Lions have maintained a relatively flat ticket price. In 2019, the team said 92% of all ticket prices stayed the same or saw a slight decrease. There was no public sale of tickets during the pandemic in 2020 and 20, 
21-22 during a stretch of six straight years without a playoff appearance. The Lions again maintained mostly flat pricing. The season coming off a 9-8 record. The Lions increased ticket prices an average of 4% during the early renewal period, but demand has soared for tickets in recent months with the team closing in on its first division title in 30 years and the franchise is ready to capitalize financially. Asked about the price hikes, with many fans have pegged between 30 and 85%. The Lions said 20% of their season tickets remain under $90. All right, look. It's capitalism. Charge whatever the fuck you want to charge for the ticket. The Savannah Bananas, for example, though, they say they're fans first. And they've continued to sell the tickets at $20 a pop. You guys got it? $20 a pop. They have not increased. Maybe they've increased just recently. They don't know about whatever. Here's the issue. With that, is that they do find themselves into people's hands and scalpers' hands. And what do they do? They jack the fucking ticket prices up. So the NFL, MLB, NBA, they've all done a good job of getting into the secondary market. I don't know where the bananas are with the quote unquote secondary market. I know they've done everything to try to keep the tickets out of the secondary market. There have been some games where you can't even find them. There are no tickets on the secondary market. But in this case, you're the Detroit Lions. You're finally winning. You're finally, finally. After all these years, you got a, a nice product that you're putting out on the field. That's aggressive. That's just common sense, right? 136% price increase is over the top. Increase them 30% across the board. Obviously, they took certain seats and sections and hiked them up way more than others. But keeping a flat rate would be my recommendation to say, look, for all these years, we haven't raised the prices. We struggled on the field. We wanted to show our commitment to the fans have showed the commitment to us. Now at this point, we got to try to figure out how to make some money. Remember this. Every dollar, most of the most every dollar that these teams make, I do know this, legit, at least in baseball, goes right back into the team. It's not like these guys are taking home revenue each year and they're handing out distribution checks to investors in the Lions. That's typically not the case. The money that sports owners make are from the increase in franchise values. That's the big deal. It's not what they're taking home at the end of the year on these dividends. It's just not. But you're trying to run a business and you do want to be able to sign better players and it's all part of it. So, look, Lions, do whatever the fuck you want to do. But 136%. I mean, that's just like this. (laughs) Stick the knife in the eyeball and twist it. Hopefully they get that all figured out. I like the Lions. I do. I think there'd be a good story. They could. I, I don't think they could win the NFC. They could make a run in the NFC come playoff time. All right, that's it. We will be back with you tomorrow a.m. And then uh, probably take a little break for the Christmas holiday, but a very happy and merry 
What was it called again? Brightside Day. Okay. I found this on the web for Happy and Mary. What was it called again? Isn't that creepy out. how this bitch listens to us at all times? I mean, just like that. I ask one question. One little question. And up pops Siri. Uh, Jason, what's up, dude? Pete, Johnny Brown, Ramos Henderson in Makati City. Amo in Chattanooga. By the way, we're live and interactive on nofilter.net if you ever want to join us. I used to say we would record sometime between 8 and 10. Now it's more like 8 and 12 with the early pickleball sessions. But keep on the lookout for that. If you're listening on Apple, Spotify, if you want to leave a review, we'd greatly appreciate it. Five stars if uh, you're feeling generous. It does help the overall process of this thing. And don't forget to go to ericburns.com. Pete, Jason, John, Gene, Billy in Birmingham. Go get yourself a fucking mug, guys. It is legit. I need to get myself a mug myself. I don't even have one. Yeah, don't ask me. Uh, I'm going to ask my wife about that now. All right, everyone have a fantastic day. See ya tomorrow.